Yo, yo. Welcome to another live episode of Underrated, Underappreciated. Sponsored by Power Juice Bar, as usual. Underrated, Underappreciated. Everybody, thanks for joining. Everybody, thanks for joining. You just joined a new, another episode of Underrated and Underappreciated. Um, sponsored by Power Juice Bar, I want to say that once again. I want to shout out OJ to Don. I also want to shout out E. Woods. Congratulations on the wedding. I want to shout out Big Al. And I also want to shout out Courtney Lewis. Congratulations on getting married. Everybody, thanks for joining. Today we got Patrick Ewan Jr. joining. Special guest. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, brother. How you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good, man. It's great to talk to you, bro. No, I appreciate the same. Um. So my first thing that I want to get into, uh, I always want to talk and just say um, a few things that I know about you. Um, I remember growing up watching you as a kid, man. Uh, me and my homie was really into college basketball around that time. So um, definitely seeing Patrick Ewan's son uh, play was definitely an experience for us because, you know, we, was, we were very young when Patrick Ewan was playing. So seeing you, man, a high flyer, um, coming through, uh, crashing the boards, coming through, um, taking rebounds out of people's hands, uh, blocking shots, um, just doing it all. It was an amazing experience. So I want to thank you for that um, first and foremost. No, I appreciate you for having me, man. I've been, you know, like I told you before, man, I've been watching your videos, man, and I really uh, appreciate them and I love them a lot, man, especially the one you did for Q Rich. That's my big bro. So uh, thank you. happy to join you. Oh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Um, so um, I know I know you got a lot of stuff to do, so I'm going to get right into the interview. Um, I want to say one more time, thank you for joining, because I really do appreciate it, my brother. Um, my first question to you is, um, what are your first memories with the game? What are your first memories with basketball? Uh, my first memories would probably be something geared around either watching my dad play or you know, being at Georgetown at two years old and having them lower the rims. My dad used to have them lower the rims for me so I could dunk and mimic his moves. So, like, he would see me. He would be over on the court working out, and they have a, a little mini hoop on the side, and I'd be over there doing crazy dunks and, you know, <laughs> shooting turnaround jump shots just trying to look like my pops. <laughs> nice, man. I mean, everybody's not the son of a legend, man, and that's dope to even – not even just a legend. Uh, that's probably an understatement for Patrick Ewan, um, that's literally probably one of the greatest Knicks to ever play. Well, literally one of the greatest Knicks to ever play. So um, my first thing that I want to ask you is that um, playing at high school, um, could you tell the people a little bit about your high school experience playing? Yeah, so uh, what's crazy is I only played organized basketball one year before I went to high school. Okay. Uh, I played in like the fourth grade, and I never really played organized basketball again until I was in the, like a sophomore in high school. So. At the time when I went to high school, I was kind of bouncing around between my parents' houses. And my first year of basketball came when I was, uh, like I said, a sophomore. And I was living in Marietta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, but I went to school called Holy Innocence. And, you know, it was it was fun because I was, you know, new to the game kind of, you know, in a way as I had never played organized. And so really I was just an athletic kid out there just trying to block every shot, get every rebound, dunk on everybody. Like my skill wasn't really there yet because I okay. – I never really worked at it. And then over the course of the next year and a half, man, my my, my, my game grew. I, I switched schools and uh, went to Marietta High School as a junior. And Marietta High School, when I was there, we were ranked 13th in the country. 
You know, we had like six or seven D1 players on that team. You know, one of the best teams to ever come out of the state of Georgia. And then uh, my, for my senior year, I, I switched and went to a school called National Christian Academy out mm-hmm. in Fort Washington, Maryland. And, you know, I played with Kevin Durant, uh, Deron, Darren Williams. I mean, uh, sorry, Deron Washington. Uh, dude named Abdullah Jaw. Like we, our, I think our whole team went D one out of that school. <laughs> you know, we even had Mike Beasley there uh, for a short time. Like our our team was crazy. So, you know, it w- it was a learning experience because I got to go to these different schools and I got to be the man at pretty much most all of them. But you know, just watching my game grow year by year was pretty incredible. Um, thanks for that. I, I actually uh, I actually appreciate that you dropped that because those were some things that I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that you played with those players, and I didn't know that you uh, bounced around from the schools and still was able to to uh, maintain being a man, maintain um, being a great basketball player. Um, my next question to you is, what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make from high school to college? To me, I think the biggest adjustment is the same adjustment that a lot of people have to make, mm-hmm. and that's going from where you're being the man on your team and you're getting 20 shots a game in high school to – going to college and, you know, very few of the guys who go from college, I mean, from high school to college are the man. So for me, I think the biggest adjustment from the start was not playing the minutes I wanted to play, not getting the ball. Like I felt like I should have got it and just learning how to be more of the team guy. I mean, I felt like I was already a team oriented guy, but being more of that guy so that even though it didn't include me being the guy who's getting all the ball, the ball at the time or getting all the shots or, you know, getting all the accolades. Okay. So, um, did you ever feel like um, it was pressure on you um, at any time? Uh, uh, before we get to Georgetown, let's say before Georgetown, did you ever feel any pressure on you? I definitely did. Uh, and mostly because I was I was a different player than my dad was, but everyone always wanted to talk about it. Like, you know, it's just like comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan. Like, LeBron and Mike are two different players. If you're going to compare Mike to somebody, it's got to be Kobe. Right. You me to my dad because he's a center. I'm not a center. I was more of an athletic forward, uh, more of a utility guy. So, so I definitely felt the pressure at first, and that's that's really why I didn't end up going to Georgetown at first. I just didn't want to have to deal with every article being written about me having to do with my dad and um, just following in his footsteps. I mean, you go to if I go to Georgetown out of high school, they're gonna all I got to hear from day one is. Well, Big Pat took the Georgetown Hoyas to three national championship right. games. Can little Ewing do the same? I, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't ready to, for that type of pressure yet, especially at eighteen years old. Yeah, that's and that's actually crazy, man. Uh, the type that type of pressure people don't. That's 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 more pressure than somebody at that age deals with, you know. Um, and a lot of people don't know that they think it's easy for for someone like yourself or someone like the Jeffrey Jordans in the world um, or. Or, you know, even the Steph Currys, they think it's just easy for those players. And, you know, they think that they just going to follow in their dad's footsteps. But as you said, different players. Um, and like like I said from the beginning of the interview, you were a high flyer. Um, you were a guy that was um, rebounding. You were um, you were blocking shots. So that was something that I seen for you. And your dad was more of a post player. Your dad was in the post a lot. So, you know, it's just two, two different players, like you said. Um, so my next question is, how did you deal with the pressure? Honestly, I just had to grow. I had to mature. I don't think there was something I had to do specifically that that made me easier to deal with. I just had to learn how to become my own man and be able to not let others' opinions or how others felt about how my game should be really affect me. I had to learn how to become myself and really hone in on 
being the best player I could be. I mean, being my dad would have been amazing. It would be a top 50 player in NBA history. You know what I'm saying? That would have been amazing. But I had to learn that, you know, even if I don't become that player, if I just play as hard as I can all the time, if I'm as good as I can be every day, and if I wherever I land, at least I'll be happy knowing that I did what I was able to do. And I think that's what really uh, allowed me to mature more is when I stopped caring what everyone else thought about my game or everyone else thought about me. And I just started living my life and being the best part that I could be every day. Nice. I like, I like how you answered that. That was beautiful, bro. Um, okay. Uh, you kind of answered it already, but um, just to be kind of straightforward, um, what would be the advice that you would give to kids growing up that that's going to deal with the same pressure as you or maybe different pressure, um, not just in sports, but anything? Um, what, 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 what advice would you give that kid? I would definitely tell them to be, be themselves. I mean, that's, that's, first and foremost, the most important thing. Like, you you got to learn to be comfortable in your own skin. You, you're never going to be, you know, you know, you're never going to be whatever people expect you to be all the time. Like, either you're going to be better than that or you're going to be less than that. It's very rare that someone says you're going to be this person and then you end up being that that person or being that great or that bad, you know. So my thing is, you know, always be comfortable who you are. Don't let anyone's opinions of you steer you a certain way always live your life the best way you can. And, you know, for me, I think one of the, one of the best things too was I never, you know, people always want to make their name, especially when I was in high school, playing against me, playing against Patrick Ewan's son. Oh, I'm playing against Patrick Ewan's son. He's a top 50 kid in the country. I'm going to go at him. And I used to take that as a challenge. You know, are you going to come at me? Well, I got means I got to bring my A game every day. I can take no days off. I can't, I can't let, that kid over there say he outplayed me, he out hustled me or, or anything like that. So, you know, definitely being able to take on these challenges and not, not be scared of, uh, not shy away from, you know, these, these competitions. Nice. That was beautiful how you answered that too, man. Thanks for giving that advice to the kids, man. Cause they definitely needed a, a lot of times we don't get players of your magnitude, um, people of your magnitude to, to speak and tell us, um, and give us that advice that we need, and we we search for it a lot of times. So I'm definitely gonna take that clip, and I'm gonna use that clip a lot. If you if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna be you know, posting that clip a lot. Um, my next question is, um, like, how was your experience at Georgetown? Did you enjoy it? I did. You know, so when I I did two, I went two years at Indiana first, and uh, the two years didn't go as I as I planned for them to go. And we, we, we were a very mediocre team. We were under 500 my first year, right above 500 my second year. And when but I won you were good. Basketball. You were good at Indiana, though. Uh, we were solid. I mean, we had, we had good players, but we just couldn't put it all together. I mean, you, I mean, you specifically. Oh, I was all right. <laughs> well, you was decent. You was decent at Indiana, man. And then, but um, so then when I decided to leave, you know, my biggest concern was, where can I go and the team's going to allow me to, A, play a game that's more suited to my abilities, and, B, where we have a chance to compete at a high level and hopefully win a national championship or at least compete for a national championship. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to leave Indiana, my, my three schools that I was down to were Miami, North Carolina, and Georgetown. And, honestly, Georgetown really wasn't – you know, the, the number one priority for me. Like I, you know, it, it was, I was still kind of in that mode where I was like, 
I was comfortable being Patrick Ewing's son, but I don't know if I'm comfortable even being Patrick Ewing's son at Georgetown. Right. And now John Thompson the third just gets it. You know, he had just spent a year there. And I was like, Ewing and Thompson, that's just too, too much. Like this the the media's gonna have a frenzy with that. And I just wasn't really I didn't feel like I was built for that at the time. So I was kind of leaning towards the ACC schools, but um, I had a phone call with John Thompson the third, and he was like, you know, if, if, if that is the reason that you don't come to this school, then maybe you don't deserve to be here. And to me, that was like him challenging me. And I felt like in that moment that he wasn't going to be the person who just, who would let me fail. He was going to teach me how to play basketball the right way. He was going to teach me how to grow up and become a man. And that's what he did for me. I mean, that's, and I think once I got to Georgetown, uh, the way that I evolved as a basketball player, the way I evolved as a man off the court as well was, you know, pretty phenomenal. Nice. I appreciate that answer, bro. And that's, that's amazing how you talked about how you um, grow, how you grown off the court also. Um, And that's important because I feel like um, a lot of the coaches that we have, they don't only instill stuff in us on the court, um, great coaches, they instill stuff in us that we could take off the court and that we could um, teach to other people. So it's amazing that you even went there and, and that you took that route. Um, you won six man of the year. How did that feel? You know, honestly, it was, uh, it was, it was difficult at first because for me at the time, uh, it was my senior year and they didn't, this war didn't exist that before that year. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I didn't know until the, the award day that, that they had even had that award. And so, you know, I, I go the first half of the year or the first, you know, 10 or 12 games and I'm starting the first 10 or 12 games and I'm playing well, the team's playing well, but we had, uh, we had just lost to Memphis. Memphis was number two in the country. We were number five. We lost to Memphis. We played another game. And I think the next game was when coaches like Pat, we're not going to start you. We're going to start. Austin Freeman, who was a freshman at the time. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, wait, what, coach? I'm a senior. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get to the league after this. Like, this is not going to look good for me, selfishly. I, I felt like it was not going to be good. And honestly, for the next two or three days, I just don't remember really being there mentally uh, with our team and sat down with, you know, Big John and Coach again, and they were like, you know, we don't take this as a punishment. This is actually something I feel is better for you because you'll be able to control the game more when you're in, when you're in the game with the second group as opposed to being our fourth or fifth option with our first group. And so once I I kind of got the the gist of what he was saying, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna try to be the best basketball player coming off the bench in the whole country. And, you know, from there, my, my season took off. I mean, I thought I played probably the best basketball I played in college during that stretch. And I really felt like coach was really starting to trust me. And I was, he was allowing me to control the game a little more. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. So I think I just played so well in that role that they had to create it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was the biggest honor because for them not to have had it before. And then for me to play that well, that they had to create an award, you know, that was amazing for me. That's dope. Um, I actually like that you, how you put that. Uh, my brother used to always say, there's no big eyes and little U's. Um, and then 
my thing is always um with but uh, I use the Batman and Robin analogy. It's like every time you watch Batman and Robin, Batman, um, if he gets in trouble, he's gonna call Robin for help. So nobody has the bigger role um when you think about it. So you embracing that role was amazing, bro. And not only just that, it was amazing watching you. Um, I want to get into who do you feel like is the most underrated or underappreciated player that you played against or played with or or maybe watched? Um, honestly, there's so many. There's there's really there's really so many. Uh, but it, it it all I think it, if I think about the probably the most underrated person I ever played with, and this is mostly just because he wasn't he never made it to the NBA. It was probably my point guard at Georgetown named John Wallace. John Wallace. Uh, John Wallace never missed a shot. Um, <laughs> he was the headiest player I probably ever played with. And he just, for some reason, you know, at the time, it just never worked out for him to be able to show his case his, himself at the NBA level. But, I mean, he was, to go from a guy who wasn't ranked in high school to literally starting day one at a power conference D1 program to leading the team to a Final Four to breaking every three-point record at the school to, you know, literally his list of accolades can go on and on and on. He was uh, he was a bad man, but I don't think everyone really understood it because the group that he played with, I mean, the guy played with five NBA players, but we wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for him. Well, let's put some respect on John Wallace's name. And I always ask this question so I could try to find whoever you feel like is your most underrated or underappreciated player. And I'm trying to do an interview with them. Uh, I'm going to look him up, and I'm also going to get – um, more in depth about who John Wallace is. So I appreciate you for dropping that name, bro. Yes. Um, my next question is, okay, so your experience in the, and your experience in the, I believe it was the D league at the time, right? Correct. Okay. So your experience in the D league, tell us about that. Uh, so my experience in the D league wasn't something that I wanted <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, you know, but so my first, my, so I got drafted out of college you know, go through summer league, go through camp, get traded a couple of times, uh, end up getting cut the last day before the first game. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, I was just like, all right, I shot my shot with the NBA. I'm just ready to go to Europe. Like, I just want to make money, play basketball, and that's it, travel the world. And I don't, I don't want to try to do the NBA thing again. And my agent and my dad sat down, sat me down in a conversation. They were like, you know, I feel like – you're so close to being to the being an MB, in the NBA that you should try this D League thing, and I was like, yeah, but you know, D League doesn't pay that much, and if I get stuck down there, I just don't want to be there. Like, I just want to go go to Europe, start my career there, make money, and be done with it. Mm -hmm. But they talked me into it, and I went down there with a the mindset that, all right, if I'm here, I got to be the best, most efficient player that I can be. You know, because, you know, there are going to be guys that are going to get 30 shots a game. I'm not going to take 30 shots a game. I've never been that guy that wants to take 30 shots a game. I, I just don't. That's not me. Yeah. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to take my 10 shots. I'm going to average 20-something points, get my 12 rebounds, three blocks, three assists, three steals, and I'm going to go Like, that's just, that's just <laughs> my play, you know? So my first year, uh, I, 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 had, I had gotten to this role where I was just so comfortable coming off the bench. So I was like, Coach, I don't want to start. Let me come off the bench. Let me get a feel for the game, watching it from the sideline. And then put me in, and I'll I'll, let it, I'll make it happen. And my coach looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> you are one of the three best players on this team right now. You better get your butt on this floor. <laughs> and so, uh, 
so I just got in this mode where I was like, all right, I got to, uh, it was my first time I was ever able to be like, all right, this guy's an NBA guy that they sent down. I got to go at him because I got to show them that I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. And I got to kind of adapted that mentality where I was like, all right, I'm going to attack him every night. And uh, even if we were on my team, you could have been on my team. And I was still <laughs> going to be like, all right, he's an NBA guy. So that he's going to get 20 shots a game. Yeah. I'm a t- I got to score more points than you taking 10 shots than you scoring taking 20 shots. Yeah. I got to get more rebounds than you, even though you're going to play five more minutes than me. I got to, I got to just prove that I'm better than you, even though I'm not going to get the same looks as you're going to get. Yeah. And uh, so then fast forward, my first year I ended up getting hurt right before I was going to get called up and you know, it, it was a hit. But I had a great year. I was probably the most efficient player in the G League that year. I think my mm-hmm. efficiency rating was like plus 20 or something. It was something crazy. <laughs> and then uh, I remember I go through at rehabbing myself, get better, come back. I missed the whole next year, so I come back two years later. And I get cut again the last day before uh, the NBA season starts. Mm-hmm. So this time I tell my dad and my, uh, my agent, I'm like, yo, look, bump Europe. I'm going back to the G League because I'm going to go kill it. And I'm going to prove to them that I should be here. You know what I'm nice. saying? And I went in that year with the mentality to kill everyone. Didn't I didn't care who it was. I'm killing no matter what. I got to show you that I'm the best player in this G League every night. And it just so happened that our team was the was killing that year. I mean, we had Nick Fizikas, who was a you know NBA pick, Aaron Miles, who was the best point guard in the G League at the time. Uh, we had Marcus Landry, who was a dead-eye shooter. He could do everything offensively, myself, and a guy named Mo Charlo. Then we had Hassan Whiteside on our bench. We had Jeremy Lin off our bench. Whoa. We had Donald Sloan, who's an NBA player, off our bench. We had we had a mob. Like, like it was crazy, our, the team that we had. <laughs> and we, we were just killing everybody. I mean, everyone in our starting lineup was averaging, like, 20 and, like, 10. 20 and 10 assists, 27 and 6. Like, it was it was crazy. So, but every night I was like, all right, I got to show every GM in here that even though we're all killing, I want to be – I'm the best player on this team or I'm the second best player on this team. But in my mind, I'm the best player on the team. Yeah. But while winning games. And so we go through the season and we're all killing, but then Aaron gets hurt, Nick Fizikas, uh gets hurt. And then around Christmas time, my legs had got shot because I had spent the whole summer working out four times a day. Then we're playing the season. I'm playing 38 minutes a game. So my legs kind of died out in December. And uh, coach, coach ended up trading me. And I was so pissed that I got traded because, one, he didn't tell me beforehand and he had talked to me pretty much about every trade before that. But he didn't tell me about it. And he traded me to the worst team in the league. <laughs> and it's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Whoa. You know? so, in South Dakota? So, yeah. So, you know, I'm going from <laughs> one of the best teams in the, in the league to now the worst team in the league. So then I went, I went, uh, I, in my mind, it just gave me another thing to fight. Because I'm like, I'm going to kill every team now but I have a personal vendetta against my team that I played for. And I circled the date on the calendar. I'm going to go – this will be the first game in my life I go for 50. 
<laughs> told my teammates that every day. I don't care what we do every other day, but this day we won for 50. <laughs> and for the rest of the season, I took care of my body the right way, and I made sure that um, I was preparing myself to go for 50 and 20 against this team. That was my goal, <laughs> 50 and 20. And I started to see my numbers pick up. Even And my teams are winning a little more. Even though we were in last place, we were starting to climb the rankings a little bit. Not mm -hmm. not enough to where we really thought we were going to make the playoff, but enough that people were starting to think about us a little more. Okay. And so we uh, – so I go through the season, I'm just killing. I mean, I had a game where, you know, 38 and 17 and five assists or 27, 15 and seven assists. Like, I had like two triple doubles in that time. Like, I was just trying to go out there and prove every day that I was – the best, you know, I ended up being an all-star that year. And how did that feel? I, I, uh, that was one of my questions. How did that feel? It was, it was, it was crazy because it let, it made me, it let me know that people are starting to notice me. And I had been an all-star uh, two years before, but I actually hurt myself. Mm -hmm. I had uh, some, something happened in my arm. And so I didn't play in an all-star game and do the dunk contest and stuff like that. But uh, that year I was like, all right. It felt good to be an all-star. It's good to go to NBA All-Star Weekend and play during, you know, doing the NBA G League showcase and all that stuff. I mean, it was amazing. Nice. But uh, so, but the crazy thing is, so, you know, I get to the point in the season where I finally, the game I had circled is, is that day. Uh -huh. So we had to, we had the back-to-back games. And so I went to shoot around that morning. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to go for 50 and 20. Like, literally, that's my thought. I'm 50 <laughs> and 20. They're going to know they all shouldn't have got rid of me. And go through shooter. I, I don't think I missed a shot the whole shooter round, but I was hyper-focused. And I had a thing where I'm like, I get hyper-focused real uh, before big games and stuff like that. So uh, I remember I went home in between the games, and um, I got a phone call from my agent. And I'm like, what are you calling? What's he calling me for? I'm, he probably butt down with me. So I, I didn't want to answer it. Because, I'm, again, I'm focused. So I was like, you know, let me answer and see what he wants. Hey, what's up, David? Hey, Patrick, what are you doing? Uh, I'm getting ready to go to this game. Well, don't go yet. Sit tight. I think I got something coming for you. <laughs> All right. Hang on the phone. What the heck? He what he got going for me? He called me back like 10 minutes later with the GM of uh, New Orleans at the time. And he's like, Hey, you know, this is Dale Demps. We're gonna we wanna sign you. David White just got hurt last night. I mean David West just got hurt last night. We wanna sign you to a contract. Okay, that's great. But can I have a game tonight? Can I still play in that joint? Because <laughs> my mind was still made up. I wanted to still go for fifty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like, uh uh, nah, you can't play, you can't play tonight. Wow. We can't have you get hurt. <laughs> but um and I was, I was, I was hurt. I was hurt, man. I, I really wanted to play in that game that night, but, uh, but it was, you know, if I, if I wasn't playing in that game, I was, it was a good chance. It was better to be going to the, uh, to the, to the league. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. How did, how did that feel? Uh, how did that feel to, to know you was going to the league and you was going to have that big game? Like, was that, was that fate for you or how did you feel? Like, what, what were your thoughts going through your mind at that time? Honestly, I was just like, you know, I finally. I'm finally here. I'm finally where I feel like I should be. Mm -hmm. And if you had seen my process to get there, if anyone had been with me every day, you know, some of my friends had been there every day and uh, some of my family had been there every day and they saw the, 
the process that I took from when I had gotten hurt that first year to sitting out the whole next year. And it was, it sucked for me because that, that next year that I sat out when I was recovering from my injury, that was the year that everybody on Golden State got hurt. Mm-hmm. And Golden State's team was basically made up of seven G League players. And of the seven G League players that they had on the team, I felt like four of them, I was definitely better than that, better than, if not, you know, just as good at And I felt like I could have been there. And so to see that process through all the way and then to me to finally get to where I felt like I should be, I was, I was ecstatic. But the only thing that sucked, though, was that uh, – so usually at the end of the season when, when NBA teams are calling up G League players, they get a lot of minutes. And okay. usually those teams aren't in the playoffs. I happen to be on the playoff team, so I wasn't see, seeing many minutes. But I was able to go through the process and watch how Chris Paul worked, how Trevor Reza worked, wow. how, how guys like Carl Landry, you know, shine, Aaron Gray. These guys had great playoff series, and I'm sitting there watching them and working out with them every day. And I felt like I got better over that time, but I just wasn't able to showcase it in the game situation. That's dope, bro. I mean, that experience, that's so dope. I'm not going to lie. That experience of even being called up to a playoff team, uh, I, I've, uh, I haven't seen too many players. I haven't seen that happen to too many players. Like, um, at least the players that I know, usually, like you said, they get called up to a team that's losing, um, the Bulls or something like that. Uh, I know my homie got called up from the G League. He was um, um he was playing for the Bulls for a while. Um, that's dope, bro. That's a dope experience to even be around a great point guard like Chris Paul. Um, my next my next question is, and I want to make this my last question, and I want to get into the game. Um, uh, what was your experience like overseas? Uh, I had a mixed experience overseas. Honestly, uh, mm-hmm. I loved it. Uh, I loved being overseas for the most part, but. When it came to basketball, it was different. So my first year I went overseas, I went to Germany. Mm-hmm. And I went up, when you go to, when you go start playing in Europe, there's a different mindset you have to have. It's more of a college type game. It's not, there's you practicing twice a day. You're, you know, they're trying to control what you wear as far as clothes and shoes and stuff like that. And I'm coming from, you know, the G League and the NBA where, you know, you're free to do whatever you want all the time. And mm-hmm. So I, I kind of didn't have the right mindset going over there to my on my first experience, but I had good teammates that kind of taught me how to be a good pro over there. Um, so after my first team, actually my first two teams, I, I wound up in a city called, in Greece called Tricola, and probably had one of the best years of my career there on a team that wasn't supposed that was supposed to win zero games, and we ended up being one game short of the playoffs. Dope. And it was it, it was just a great experience to be able to be in that city and be around those people. I had I had a great experience in Trigula, Greece, and I you know the fans there were amazing. The people that ran the team were amazing. I just had a great 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 experience there. And then I finished my career uh, in Qatar, uh, Doha, Qatar, and it was that was it was like being in Miami man that Doha Qatar is good, man it's, it's it's amazing my, my first son was my oldest son was born there and I just had a blast so I, I have no qualms about how my career ended uh being in Europe and in, in, uh in Asia dope um I watched a few of those highlights too you were still dunking on people's head at that time too so <laughs> I don't head now <laughs> <laughs> so nothing's changed nothing has changed 
Um, so I want to play this game with you. There's a couple people in the, in this chat right now that that, that I be bodying them right now. <laughs> hey, 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 say, hey, hey. I don't want you to say no names. Hey, y'all, y'all just say, hey, hey, stay low key right now. Stay low key. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, and one thing uh, I want to say before I get into this game, people, I, I, I um, uh, I'm uploaded your highlights from uh from uh your college days. People was going crazy, man. They was going crazy for those highlights, man. They was DMing us. So uh, I just want to say. Thank you for those highlights. Thank you. We really appreciate it, bro. That was so dope for us to watch Patrick Ewing's son um, dunking on people's heads. Uh, we missed we missed, we missed, Patrick Ewing by a little bit, but we got to see the next great thing, and that was his son. And you put up some great, great highlights for us, bro. And it was amazing just even looking up um, looking up your highlights and seeing stuff and sharing it. So um, thank you again for that, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, also, too. I remember watching – I remember Saturday. I remember this um, as a kid. It was like Saturday morning watching the college dunk contest, and I remember seeing you in that. Um, just throwing some memories out there, man, some stuff that I remember about you, man. It was, it's amazing, man. Um, okay, let's get to this game. So my game is I'm going to say, a, I'm gonna say a, a question, and you're going to pick either or. Is that fine? That works. Okay, cool. So um, if you had to start your franchise today, and you needed a player to take you to the finals for sure that you know going to take you to the finals. You picking LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Player that I know is going to take me to the finals. Ooh. No, it's going to take you to the finals. Ooh. I mean, I might have to go LeBron because LeBron been to more finals than Mike. Right. LeBron, LeBron's the all-around guy. You know, MJ's the GOAT. MJ's the best player I've ever seen play basketball. But if I'm if I'm if I want a guy that I think is going to take me to the finals, I mean LeBron has taken two teams that I thought had no business being in the finals. Guys, <laughs> thanks for the answer, bro. All right, so if you had to start a franchise, who you going with, Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard? Ooh, KD. How you going with KD? KD? KD, my high school teammate. You know what I'm saying? Seven foot, he can do everything. I mean. Don't get it twisted. Kawhi is great, but I got to go with my high school teammate. Nice, KD. Um, okay, so if you had to pick a shooter for your team, if you had to pick a two-guard, who are you going with, Reggie Miller or Clay Thompson? Clay. Anybody that can score 60 taking 11 dribbles, he got <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who you? your Lakers or Clippers guy? For this year? This year. Lakers, easy. Why you say the Lakers? They got LeBron. Nice. <laughs> that was a great answer. <laughs> All right. So if you had to pick a dream starting five, you could put anybody in any position. Who would you choose? Oh, dream starting five. Sorry. So I gotta go big pat at, at the five. Nice. I mean, can't I can't not do that. <laughs> at the four. At the four, you know what's crazy? I know people are gonna hate it. I'm going with myself because I don't care because I'm the GOAT. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I go with myself. I'm my pops. I never played on the same team as him, so I want to be on his team. I actually, would, I actually would like to see your dad throw a lob to you. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, me too, because he could throw it anywhere and I'm going to get it, so, no, so it won't even matter. Of course. <laughs> at, at the three, I'm going to go LeBron. At the two, you got to go MJ. Nice. And at the one, I'm going to go AI. AI. Now I'm gonna throw a wrench in this real fast before I let you go. You get a six man, who you choosing? Six if I get a six man, I'm gonna go magic. Magic, nice. That was a great pick. Um, 
One thing that I want to say before you leave, bro, I really appreciate you. I don't know how many times I said thank you to you since we've been talking, man. But I really do thank you for this, man. Um, watching you on TV to going to talking to you on live was amazing. And for you to take us through your journey like that, you told a lot of the people things that I definitely didn't know and a lot of my viewers didn't know. I appreciate you for joining us, bro, for even giving us your time. No, definitely, man. Anytime you ever need anything from me, man, you know you can always holler at me. Nice, keep, I appreciate keep it. Doing what you're doing, man. You're putting out some great stuff. Um, I do want you to uh, – I do need your help with one thing, and I want to ask you this. I want to get your point guard that you play with at Georgetown. I want you to – if you can help me get him on, I would appreciate that. Easy. I got you. Appreciate it, brother. Man, thank you for joining, bro, and uh, enjoy your night, man. Well wishes to the family, man. I see that you always with your with your kids, man. You're a great father. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Enjoy your night. All right, brother. Have a great night, man.